Welcome. Welcome, Welcome back. Welcome back to No Cap. No Cap. What's going on? It's Saul. I'm here with the bass. What's going on, man? It's happening. Uh, the other two, Tony. Tony's gone. Uh, Zach, mate, he's still missing. MIA. Might have the uh, corona, man. I don't know. Let's get straight into it. Uh, it's a big weekend of footy. A lot of upsets on the weekend. Uh, I was I went pretty bad in tipping. How'd you go? Uh, yeah, pretty bad too. Probably would have been a great weekend for those punters out there that always go, you know, <laughs> with <the> non-favourites. <laughs> uh, the flukes. Also, but more importantly, major injuries on the weekend to a lot of key players. Just top of my head, Mitchell Moses, Cameron Munster, Victor Radley especially out for the season. It's going to be a bit of an effect on these teams, obviously contending the Roosters, Storm and the Eels. Who do you think is going to be worse off here? Having a look at these, you're obviously going to think Parramatta and Melbourne are going to be a bit worse off just because you're losing halves, not losing a, a lock or a second row. Moses has been pretty vital for Parramatta, according to some people. I'll look, I'll... I mean, at the end of the day, he's a halfback, so he's got to have some influence in the game. So I think Parramatta will miss him. And Munster, uh, but they are, they're only gone for a month, aren't they? A month to uh, six weeks? Yeah, I think Moses is up to a month. It's a calf tear, right? They say it's strain, so it might be less. Mm. But they're not going to give anything away there. And um, Munster's got a, I think it's a knee. I know he's out for 46 weeks, but... And Radley did his ACL, so he's gone for the year. Yeah, Radley's gone for the year. You know, he's he's a good player. He's a, re- he's a really, really good player. He's um, probably one of the first names picked on the um, Roosters team sheet every week. And the only difference is that they've got they've got a lot of good. They've got a big four pack Roosters. So his um his injury might not be that detrimental to what the Roosters are doing. And we just know how good they're playing at the moment. And yeah. um, Parramatta are going to have probably a you know a bit a worse time at that. And I was just telling you before we started this that um you know teams like Parramatta and, and, and Melbourne, with you know your halves missing four weeks without them, if that's four bad weeks and you you know you lose three out of those four, that's that's a bad patch and it's going to be hard to recover even when they do come back from injury. So hate to see it. Yeah, man, but uh, I just confirmed Munster is it's a knee injury. I think it's MCL, so he's gone four to six weeks. Also, I forgot the the man of the hour, Corey Horsburgh. All right, the he's fiery redhead is gone for three months. That's I think that's a season. That's, that's unfortunately, man. Unfortunately, I do. Well, yeah, I, I feel I feel slack for that bloke. He um, whoever's um, putting up images. Nah, I like so his passion. <laughs> I like yeah. I like I like that he, he he's like yeah, it means something I, to him. Obviously, I mean the the passion in the game is uh, and I I felt like I felt it straight away as soon as as soon as you know he got a bit um you know a bit emotional. I felt that, you know, this was probably an injury that he knew was going to affect the rest that, of the season. Yeah, that's what he was and upset about. And that's why he was... And, and people misinterpreted that, I think, on social media. And they just yeah. started giving it to him, which I was instantly upset about. I was just like, look, this guy's a... You know, he's not a superstar of the game. He's one of those guys that's just tough, you know, plays plays the game because he loves it. And he obviously got injured and got, got himself emotional. Fans were giving him some, you know, tongue-in-cheek and, you know... He, it was, yeah, it was that. those members up the top uh, yeah. in, the, in the corporate boxes that were giving him crap. Yeah. Um, no, nah, but I mean, he was justified because that's what he was angry about. He got upset because he got injured. He couldn't stay on. Yeah. That's what he got upset about. Exactly. And um, yeah, look, uh, I wish him a speedy recovery. I don't think he'll make it back this season. And next year, I hope he does come out and play play well. I can't wait till he versus Parramatta again. 
Ryan Madison, him against Ryan Madison. Huh? <laughs> They're gonna, oh mate, he's gonna run straight at him. Oh, I swear he, he won't give a be, crap. Probably the best time. That's probably the, when footy is the best, isn't it? When two forwards are just are just going at each yeah, other. Yeah, and there's something there. There's yeah. a story behind that. Yeah, Rad- Radley's injury. It's gonna be costly in a way to the Roosters. But man, last year Jake Friend was out for the whole year, pretty much till the GF, and they got by without him pretty well. I think the problem is is they've lost their backup dummy half as well. Say so Radley was a dummy half or backup dummy. And they lost the actual backup dummy to ACL as well, Sam Verrills. Mm. So depth-wise, they might be tested. Mitch Doug- Wilson can play a dummy, is that right? Yeah, but he's, I mean, like... He'll do the job, if if need be. They'll get someone. Apparently, they're under the cap. They're 400k under the oh, cap. How good is their management? A credit ridiculous. to them. That's, that's like, I feel like Roosters are playing with cheat codes, you know? <laughs> nah, <laughs> like man, they're doing everything by the book. Unlimited salary cap. Fair play to them. You can't say they're over, but can like I mean, nah, surely, they're very good. No, but, but like professional, if, mate. If they were professional, because they, they've everybody's been saying they've been over the cap for about the last two decades, right? It's a running joke. It's a running joke. But if that was actually true, you know how hard it is to keep that under wraps, mate. Not, so, something would have spilled over twenty years. That's why I don't think they're actually over the salary cap, mate. Look what happened to the dogs, Melbourne. Para. Everyone gets caught. At Remember, Para, Para got caught and they won three wooden just, spoons in a row. You just need one salty staff member, one salty player to blow up the whole party and it's, it, hasn't, it hasn't been done. So, anyway, we go off topic. No, but uh, back back on back on the injuries, I think Munster might affect the Storm the most. I think he's that live wire. He's their best player. I know they say Cameron Smith is, but he's their go-to guy, man. You can see in games. He gets them back into a game. He can yeah. win them the game. He's, oh, he's a match sets winner. Up, sets up the play and Munster ex- ex- So ex- someone's got to step up to that yeah. role. Do they, they have got, the capability? I don't know. They've named Riley Jacks there. I'm not um, sure. You know what? I'll say this before we move on. I think Parramatta's going to be all right. I think they might be, might be even better without Mitchell Moses. Well, who are they replace him for? Well, they got that Joy Field. Joy he's, Field? He's from the Dragons. But, man, it's not even that. I think Dylan Brown, I, I think Dylan Brown's going to benefit. One centimeter. This is a tall 5'8". But I think, I think Dylan Brown's going to step up easily. Well, he has to. But I feel like it's much easier to run the show when, as much as we give shit to Moses, he's, he's taking care of most of the kicking game right now, right? And that leaves Dylan Brown to focus on whatever he wants to do throughout the game, kind of just play his own game. Now, there's going to be a lot more eyes on Dylan Brown in regards to kicking. And if he has a few kicks that are not that great, um, it's gonna be a bit, you know, it's gonna put pressure on him, and then it might even change the game, change the way he plays the game due to that pressure. I like Dylan Brown. I hope he does play good. Um, I hope he does, um, you know, develop his game even more and show it on the weekend. But it, it is gonna be the one thing we can we know is that it's gonna be a test for him. And but like I said, when Moses came off, they were struggling, and then mate, they shot to a big lead with Brown running the show there. I heard Clint Gutherson called ranks, and he took the field goal off Dylan Brown. What do you reckon about that? He's just a just a show pony. He just wants all glory, yeah. Like I know he's a good guy, Clint Guffo. I would still would pick him for New South Wales. Who would? He can be the eighteenth man again. He does a good job of it. He, he can he, he can be ball boy. How about that? No no no. I don't want to. He's useful ball to a boy's team. A big job. Look, man. I I commend his his leadership so far, but again, I just don't I don't see it. if he, if it's all where's, rel- where's where's my mate Solomon? Where, you know. Listen listen gone? listen. When it comes to the big games and the finals. And if they got to rely on Clint Gutherson, it's not gonna. It's not gonna work. You know what I'm saying? Who's this? Parramatta or New South Wales? Parramatta. Okay. You think he's gonna make New South Wales? Maybe he's got to be about five well, injuries. Who's, who's the fullback for New South Wales? Come Teddy. On. Teddy. Come what on, if he's man. injured? Tom. What if he's? Injured? <laughs> I Co- mean, they're two injury-prone players. So what if they're both injured? Um, Kotrick. 
Oh. Latrell, Latrell. You think they're going to give Latrell the full Yeah, back? he loves him, Freddie. No, no, oh, uh, yeah. Freddie loves him. He's and if not him, him, put Josh Reynolds there. I will not watch Origin <laughs> of Josh Reynolds. Chuck him in there, man. Who cares? Put him Josh Reynolds the 18th man. I wouldn't watch Origin. Put him there, man. What? You get out of here, man. Let's move on. Broncos, Bulldogs, another really bad week of results for them. Now, firstly, we didn't think that Brisbane would lose to the Titans, right? I didn't think anyone would lose to the Titans. Okay. And you didn't think that the Broncos, if they lost to the Titans, would get smashed by the Titans, right? I, I think I, attend, I started watching that game about 35 minutes in and it was 20 to something, 20 to 6 or something like that. And I was just, I was like, what the hell is going on? Look, Seabold almost got sacked this week. They let him stay. They're very, very, like, we, we've, we talked about them last week in terms of off-field, about, you know, how their processes are. But on the field, man, they're just crap to watch. I mean, I've never said that about a Brisbane team in my life. I always, like, enjoy watching their games because mm. they used to bring something to it, mm. even against the big teams. In regards to Brisbane, I think you've come to the point of the season where experiment, right? Experiment like you've never experimented before. And this is one experiment that I think Brisbane might be able to do. Brisbane's got a lot of um, players that can play in many different positions, right? I'm not liking Milford at 5'8". I think, yeah, I'm with you. I I think he's better at fullback, right? So I think Milford should be at fullback. Deedon, 5'8". Asako on the wing. Corey Oates in the second row. And Croft to 5'8". And Croft to 5'8", right? I feel like it's going to help the Broncos a bit more. You know, Milford is more of a ball runner than a a, a playmaker at this point of his career. You know, I just, I feel like he's not doing much. So to give him the ball with, you know, on a 3v3 situation or on a 4v3 situation, he'll be much more deadlier in that situation than he would be, you know, trying to read the game. I really, really think that if Seabolt, you know, as Tony said last week, if he grows some balls and actually tries to do something with his team, they could bounce back from that. And this is broken. So you got to fix it. And you can't fix it by doing the same shit that you've been doing every single week. You need to be able to say, okay, this is not working for us. Milford's performances uh, have not been up to scratch. And you know what? He's not a bad player. How about I use him at fullback instead? That's his natural position. He keeps saying, Seabold, that oh, they, they're understanding the message. They're getting my message, but I don't know why they're not playing. Like He's lost in that sense. But like, if you're a coach and you say that, Shouldn't you just ditch whatever you've been preaching? It's clearly not working with a team like that. Like, he has a way. We were talking about it before. He has this way of coaching. They brought him in the Broncos because it's a modern scientific style. You know what I mean? Mm. They wanted to get away from that Bennett era. Because Bennett's a cloud hanging over him, let's be fair. They have never experienced success without Bennett. So, Brisbane went with him because he offered a different way. And he kind of showed at South that, well, this way works. Whatever he's doing. Whatever the hell he's talking about, it works. The key thing is, in South, they're very experienced back then. Yeah. You had Inglis, Burgess, Reynolds, Walker. You had a really seasoned side there that could adapt to something else. You know what I mean? They had been coached very, very hard by a Maguire, put a lot of structure in, and he came in and he was like, all right, I'm going to put this in and trying to tweak it a little bit. And it worked because yeah. it kind of brought them back to what they what they experienced before when they were contending for premierships. Now he gets to Brisbane. He gets rid of all the guys that have experience. Except Boyd. Except Boyd for some, oh, for some reason. And he tries to implement that same strategy with a team, with a Wayne Bennett team who, Wayne Bennett's not a structural, uh, not a structure coach. He, he's about playing for the jersey, playing, play, playing for each other. It's all like 
emotional with him. So it's, it's personal um personal what's the word? Man management. Man management. He gives he gives everyone a a goal to reach at the end of the season, yeah, you know. Yeah. 100%. I, I was I, I remember um when he first came at St George, I had I had somebody that I knew that was a trainer for St uh, well, the trainer for Newtown Jets when St George was their feeder club. And uh, I remember Wayman? Yeah. He gave him he gave him a, a goal to be the best forward that season. And he became and the best forward that season. And he just, he gives their, he, he challenges their players, you know? Yeah. He challenges them saying, if you guys do this, 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 we'll be there at the end of the season. We'll, we'll come to that point where in the grand final, we can win it. But you guys have to show me at your end that you're going to do it. So he's really, really good at that. He's, he's really good at, he's really good at getting players to believe in him and his message. Seibold, not only does he bring a system that's maybe modern, maybe scientific, whatever, but he's too nice. I, I, f- I don't feel like he would someone that... He wants to that, be mates with the players, eh? Yeah, not mates, but he just wants to make them happy, keep to make sure they're comfortable, whatever. But at the end of the day, if that's not getting your results, you've got to change up the way you, you do things. You've got to change up your message. You can't come to press conferences and say, oh, I don't know why they're... I don't know what's going on. You say Todd Payton, the Warriors coach, after they lost 50-6? to six? No. It's his first game. He was pissed because Craig Bellamy and Cameron Smith came in there. He didn't give a crap. He would, why would he want him in there after that, right? And in the press conference, he laid down the law to him. He laid down a line in the sand. He goes, this is not acceptable. I don't care if this is my first game coaching. We should be playing for our families back home. We should be playing with a, an emotional charge, you know what I'm saying? Like, but for him to say that at a press conference in front of the media, not trying to coddle or protect his players, he laid down the challenge to them there. I think they might respond. Yeah. You can only go, like, you can protect your players uh, to a certain point, but when, when you feel like they are not doing what you want them to do or they are doing what you want them to do, but again, Seabolt, he's saying that they're doing what, or what he wants them to do, sorry. But it's not working. Okay, so, so what, what, but that, that, means, that means they're actually not understanding the message. Because I can tell you, if you coach a, a team and you explain something really, like, complex to them, what else are they going to say? We don't understand? No, they're just going to nod their head and let's go do it. Yeah. And let's just try and figure it out on the field. He has to be, he has to be unselfish in a way. Step back a little bit. Either, either get different assistant coaches. You've been, we've been hearing that, you know, Steve Kearney, the old Warriors coach, might, might come in and help or Kevin Walters. Either get new assistant coaches or if he's really, I feel like the, the way he coaches, I think he's very hands-on on it. Then take a step back. Get other people involved a bit more. You know what I mean? Let them hear a different message from a different voice. Uh, like, how can you be the only team... I mean, everyone got affected at the end of the day, yeah? How can mm. you be the only team that doesn't adapt to this new rule? You know, the faster play. Oh, I, don't, I don't understand. Who's their, who's their hooker? Because I've realised that... It's Isaac rule. Luke now, but it was Corey Pace. They lost him. They lost him mm. during the COVID period. Jake Turpin. He hasn't played this, this whole time. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong. They've got injuries and stuff. I get that. But it's, it's like the effort. It's not there. It's I feel like it's there from the forwards. Payne Haas has been amazing, man. The goat. He's the goat, to be honest. But no one is helping him. I'm just gonna go if if we're looking for a solution here, short term. I think I think it's just gonna be shuffling up the the back line, and putting Milford into fullback. Um, get Asaka on the wing, Corey Oates on the in the second row where he always wants to play, and Dieter at five eight or Dieter at halfback, whichever. It might spark something. It might, it might change something I mean, for he's him. He's a natural halfback or and, a natural 5'8". And, so. and the thing is, we get it. Like He got rid of a lot of those older players because maybe they said, well, they gave him a five-year contract. They said, oh, 
we want you to rejuvenate the squad, make it younger, bring up the, new, the kids that we've got, the talented kids we've got. They're in it for the long haul. I don't think he, he thought it was going to get this bad, but... So if you, if you know you got the back end of them for five years, then try something different. Uh, let's move on to the dogs quickly. Forgot about the dogs. I don't really want to talk about them. I don't want to talk about them either. But oh, look, the thing is, for me with them, it's, it's very similar. Their play, style, their play style is terrible, man. I don't even want to watch it. You got Luke Thompson coming in now. And I feel so bad for Luke Thompson because he's coming into a team and they're going to expect a lot of special things from this bloke. But he's just a forward man at the end of the day. He can only do so much. He's the only exciting part for the dogs right now. The last, what, three signings we've made have been big forwards? Yeah. And what have they done? What has it accomplished? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. That's why I feel bad for this guy. Or, or, and it's true. It's going to be really bad. Unless, unless Dean Pay gets sacked and even these Bulldogs players need to pull their head out of their asses. So excuse the French. They've, they've got to fix themselves because right now, I'm not going to put all the, all the blame on Dean Pay because when Des Hasler was there, they were playing rubbish too. I feel like the halves are just lacking creativity. Hopoati has just started playing a bit more creative and then he got injured. So who's going to be at fullback? Nick Meany? No, no, I think Dallin's going back. Dallin, okay. Dallin hasn't really impressed me at fullback. I'd rather him as a winger. The Bulldogs need to fix that spine. They need to get a proper number nine. I feel like Jerry Marshall King would be better at 5'8 than whoever they've got. Right Maybe, now. yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't. I feel like Bulldogs is a issue that will not be fixed in the next two seasons. So this season and next season, it well, won't be fixed. Well, but they've got $3 million in the bank to spend and this offseason. But what my, my point is here, Dempe is going to stay... Who's going to come to the club? <laughs> who's going to be willing to sign with us? You know, who's going to who's he going to attract? Which which big players going to come? Well, I mean, if the Bulldogs don't replace Dean Pay by this is last month, year, m- next month or two, you know, what, I'll even give them to the end of the season, right? They'll have all the off seasons to figure it out. But if they don't replace him, no one's going to want to come. Think about all these players that they were linked with. They were linked with Curacao. Didn't go. Why do you think he didn't go? I'm not sure. Oh, would you go? To the dogs? Yeah. Not the way really. they're playing. Somebody's offering you 600000 and Bulldogs offer you seven hundred. Would you go? Unless you're Andrew Johns, like... Even I don't think Andrew Johns would go. The thing is, but you got John Bateman confirmed that he's off contract. I he's mean, not, I, I, I know, but I'm saying that kind of quality of player, he's a very he's a great player. He's a good Reg- player. I don't think he's coming Bulldogs. Reg- I know he's not, but like I'm saying, he would, would he even consider it? No. You know what I'm saying? He's, like, I, think he, I think he's leaving Canberra because he can see them going downhill. Because Canberra's not a great place to live. Like, it's very, it's a quiet place. I mean, I know he's got a daughter and everything and, and all that, so he's probably not into that life. But I'm sure he'd love to live, like, in a CBD society. Or, or go back home. Or, or Yeah, or go back home. You know, it's something that, that he probably, I mean, how old is he? What, 27? Yeah, something like that, yeah. He's getting towards the end of his career. NRL don't offer as much as England. So possibility of him going back to where he's from and getting probably double as what he's getting here. He's come to NRL. He made a grand final. He did what he set out probably to accomplish, was playing the best league in the world. He did it. He proved himself. Proved himself. Became one of the best, you know, one of the top seven, second rollers in the game. And then he's like, okay, I'm good. I want my money now. I think, I think the Roosters will find a bit in their cap to get him in, bro. I what, think for Radley? Nah, season? just put him, nah, just put him on the bench. Just come off the bench. 400 k for the rest of the season. Mate, why it? not? Why not? Would he take it though for for a premiership chance? Yeah, serious. I would. Come on, man. Let's talk coach wise for Bulldogs, right? Who, which coach do they need to get? Because the the, the state that they're it. in, the state that they're in, I'd love to have Trent Barrett. 
but Trent Barrett would be a like a three year, four year build, right? They won't be able to do much with that salary cap. Who's he going to attract as well? That's the thing, right? So I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't mind if Trent Barrett came in, spent the three million wisely on good young players, and get the Bulldogs back into a top eight squad in the next three years, right? That's something that I, because if you bring somebody like Trent Barrett and he goes and spends three million on four players. That's I feel like that's a waste, unless they're great players. Uh, who's available? If as somebody well? if somebody's worth seven hundred thousand to a normal team, like a, a top eight team, they're going to be worth one million to Bulldogs because they're not going to want to come. Bulldogs are going to have to pay that extra, right? Yeah. Would you rather have Bulldogs splash their money on big names that they're going to overpay for, or have them spent on younger players who are showing a lot more prospect and you know maybe coming out of their first contract? Do you reckon it's, which which way would you go? If you if you're the CEO of the Bulldogs, I'll bring Bennett in and sign Darius Boyd. Oh, that's probably the- no, no. Honestly, <laughs> no, nah, honestly. But obviously, you want to get a coach that can promote an exciting playing style. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Something that the players would get up for. That's firstly, you want to get the right coach in, and then like if you're going to commit to a rebuild, then do it. Don't go half in, half out. Don't what would you do? I'd, I'd go. I'd, buy, I'd get the young coach in, someone that can actually promote a a, a really a good style of football. And do a rebuild? Yeah, just or do a rebuild. Just splash the money on the big players. But who's available in terms of big players? All I can think of is John Bateman. I can't think of anyone else. There's not much. We need halves. We need the spine players. Ben Hunt's coming off. Would you take a Ben Hunt at dummy half? At dummy half? Probably not for the money that he probably wants. No, he's not going to get that, but he'll probably get half of that. Would you what, pay 500k? 600k, whatever. No. See he's what I mean? Not, he's not a natural. Someone will, but, not a natural, uh, but someone will. You know what I mean? This is this topic is giving me a headache. Let's move on. Let's move on. All right. Look, we're talking about Canberra, and I want to focus on underwhelming buys. All right. So far this season. Okay. There's been a couple. Curtis Scott. He's been really bad. He's apparently statistically cost Canberra fifty percent of their tries. Who's what wing is he on? He's on the right. He's playing right center. I'm pretty Rapana? sure. With Rapana. No, Rapana swapped. Oh, <laughs> he didn't want to play with him. <laughs> So who's he playing with, Kotrick? Kotrick. But they brought him in <sighs> to okay, replace look. Joey Leilua, who they thought was just replaceable. And it's been... I, I can't and, believe they let go of Joey. Like, and it's cost Regardless of big whether time. Joey Leilua was a good player or not, he began the surge of making Canberra that team to watch. Him and Rapana. He's a match winner. That, that winner. That, that, those combinations. Oh, match winners. What, yeah. That, and th- they were the, probably the most feed wing in the, in the world. Yeah, and just remember, they got rid of Rapana. And he came back because he couldn't go play in Japan. Remember? No. I they got know. rid of him as well. They got rid of Rapana, Leilua, and Caesar. What? I don't, I don't. Like, you make the grand final. Oh, my God. You, you sh- probably should have won the grand final if it wasn't for that six-again rule. Yeah. And then you... You get rid of the important of parts the, of the team? Probably, like, Caesar, the only, only kicker. Like, he probably did the majority of the kicking last year. They've lost that. And then you get rid of Leilua and Rapa- um, Rapana, which Rapana came back, but you got rid of Leilua. And Leilua, like, there are wingers and centers in the game who are deadly when you're 10 meters out, right? Leilua and Rapana were deadly at anywhere in the field. Anywhere 100% in the field, they were. Right? And if you take away, let's say you take away their abilities, they drew in a crowd for Canberra. They probably they're the ones that probably led that charge and uh, got the people like um, Tarpany and all that to become those big enforcers, you know. Without Rapana and Leilua, it's it's so weird thinking of it as a winger and a, and a center 
you know, being enforcers, but they they built they built that culture around there for Canberra. I yeah. mean, before that, Canberra were a nice team. They weren't nice when Rapana and no, they were not. there. No. They were like, we're not backing down to anyone, and good on them. I mean, I'm sure a lot of Canberra fans like that because they they were sick of being ran over every every single week and every year. And these guys that, brought that culture, and then now I feel like uh, they're they're trying to keep it. I see it in some games, but it's not working as much as that it it was last season. And honestly, I just I feel like it's going to be very hard for them to 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 recover. And that's why I don't think, like I said last week, I don't think they're a top eight team. They've lost too many good, too many of their key important players that they have not replaced like sufficiently enough. Well, they think they have. I think they have well, Curtis they, Scott. I and think they're realizing. They think they have maybe at the start of the season, but I think they're realizing now that we've lost a lot. Well, there's another Curtis Scott. Is another Melbourne discard. Mel, he was in their starting side. They're happy to let him go because you know he wasn't doing a job, and there was a reason for it. Melbourne let go of players for a reason. The thing is, Ricky thought he could probably get the best out of Curtis Scott, mm. playing in a different environment. I mean, uh, let's 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 be like I know. You, I know we have a thing about Curtis Scott, right? But nah, I've got nothing against him. But he's been poor. He's been really poor. We've got to remember. We've got to remember. I'm going to call it out. What about? It's only been seven rounds. So that's why I said so far. It's a third of the season through. He's been poor. Ricky Stewart might be able to still bring the best out of him. Maybe. Maybe if anyone can, it's him. To be fair, I don't rate Kotrick as a defender. So that wing, there's probably. You know, maybe Scott has is taken a lot of the blame for what Kotrick does. I feel like Kotrick gets caught in no man's land a lot of times. But if you're looking at most underwhelming buys of the season so far, you probably have to put Brody Croft in that in that um, yeah. scenario too. He's been a little underwhelming for for the Broncos. Who else? George Williams, I think. Can other camera one? Yeah, man, especially I mean, last week. We didn't really moments. know what we were expecting from him, though. That's the thing. Thing is, he's running. He's kind of like still stuck in that Super League mentality, you know? He thinks he can beat that defender yeah. and make something, create something out of nothing. Uh, NRL's too, too defensive. It's different, man. Too I think he's realising it's a bit different. Uh, another one probably is Danny Levi. Yeah. It's it's a little unfair because he wasn't supposed to be that, that hooker. Uh, you know, it was Manasi Fai knew that was supposed to be that hooker. Supposed to be the backup, yeah. Yeah, and he, was, he wasn't even supposed to be. The, I think they only got him because of what happened with Manasi. Yeah. And, you know, he got thrown in there early. But I just feel like he's trying to do too much. What? Why is Cameron Smith the best hooker in the game? At Still at the age of, what is he, 38? He's 38. 38. Why is he still the best hooker in the game? You tell me. It's because he doesn't, he doesn't go out looking for plays. He plays what's in front of him. And a lot of a lot of them house back in the day used to try to conjure something out of nothing. They'll be like, my team needs something, so I'm going to do something, right? And a lot of the times it never worked out. Sometimes it would. A lot of the times it didn't. The thing I'm liking about the new modern-day hooker is they know what they need to do. They need to feed their forwards, feed their halfbacks, and when the situation occurs, pounce on it. If if the whole game comes and the markers are, not, uh, and the markers are square... I've seen dummy halves that literally just, okay, um, it's not about me. It's not about me changing the game. It's about getting our team in a situation to win. That's just, that's that's what Cameron Smith does really well. Manasti Fionis started doing that really well. Api Kurosawa started doing it really well. Damian Cook does it really well. The only difference with Damian Cook is he's really, really quick. Yeah. So he can sniff out chances that the other three can't sniff out. Because of his speed, you yeah. know what I mean? So, Danny Levi's got to understand that I know there's a lot of injuries at Manly, but 
You've got to you've got to just do the simple things right as a hooker, and when you see an opportunity, then you pounce. Don't pounce on a situation. Don't try to don't try to change the game in one play. That, I feel like that's what he's been doing over the last couple of weeks, and that's why he's he's come onto this underwhelming buys of the season. But um, you know, we wish him all the best. These players I think I think about. that I think he can get better, but I think he'll eventually like get it. He'll understand how they play. Like you said, it's a bit early. He's probably still getting used to that six again as well. Figuring mm. that out. Well, I think I think he got excited about that. I think maybe, he got yeah. excited about that maybe. six again, and he's like, okay, I can I can really do it all the time. Yeah. You know, go get out of dummy half all the time. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Let's move on there. Round eight of the uh, Premiership. Let's go straight to Friday, six p.m. Raiders Dragons. That's an interesting game. It's going to be uh, Canberra's first game at home. I think that's going to be a big plus for them. They've been apparently not happy with the fact that they keep going to Campbelltown. They don't get to play at home, so it might be a really a good change for them. Obviously, uh, we talk about Corey Horsburgh's out. Joe Tarpanik returns. Jordan Rappiner is um, out as well. So Michael Oldfield comes in. And Bailey Simonson comes in for Curtis Scott. Dragons, no changes. I'm going to go Canberra this one. I was impressed with how Dragons played against the Roosters, to be honest. They were pretty good. They were 10-all at one point, right? I mean, Roosters had a 10-0 lead. and 12-10, actually. They were in the 12, lead. 12-10. That's, the I mean, lead. that's not an easy thing to do against the Roosters. So I'm, I'm really impressed with, um, with Dragons. And in regards to Canberra, I feel like Parramatta let them back into that game. They had no reason to be back in that game. They've lost some players, you know, Rapana and uh, Hosborough, and I just, I don't know. Just looking at their probably go Dragons. It's funny because they're going back home and they're happy about it, but Dragons are their bogey team when they play them at home. So, you know, it might come back to backfire on them. Friday night, 8 o'clock, Eels-Cowboys. This is going to be an interesting game. Obviously, so Mitchell Moses out for a couple of weeks and Joy Field replaces him. David Gower apparently will get a run as well. For the Cowboys, um, Val Holmes is still out. He's been named in the reserves. It might be a chance. Let's this be honest, Valentine Holmes playing. If he's in the reserves, he's playing. Maybe. But they did pretty well against the uh, Knights last week. They really, that first half, they dominated them. I don't know how they got to that scoreline with the Knights. I don't know what the Knights were doing. You know what they did well? They kicked it on last, if they got to over the halfway line. They'd kick it to the sideline. They wouldn't let Ponga return it. So mm. Ponga had half the touches, half the meters. They took him out of the game. Mm. So that helped a lot. So there was a there was a game plan there, and it worked. I, look, I, I don't. I think Parrell win. You, you, I don't get me wrong. I think Parrell win. Yeah, I think Parrell win. And the, the 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 frustrating thing about that is that I remember speaking about it last week about how I tipped the Cowboys. Other than last week, I tipped them three weeks prior to that, and they lost every single game. <laughs> and I go, surely they're not going to lose. They're not going to beat Newcastle. So I tipped Newcastle. And they beat Newcastle. So, Cowboys are a team that I cannot get right. So, for that reason, I'm tipping Parramatta because I hope they beat Parramatta. So, you're going to jinx them. prove me wrong. Look, at the end of the day, if Parramatta win, I've got my tip right. If Parramatta lose, I'm a bit happy. I hope. Um, Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock, Titans-Sharks. Another really interesting game for me. Tyrone Peachy starts at centre. And uh, Bryce Cara comes back onto the bench. Sharks, Andrew Feeder starting at prop. Uh, Hamlin Uela goes back to the uh, bench. They both came off really good wins last week. It's going to be interesting. It's on, it's on the Gold Coast. Their first home game of the season. This is a tough one to pick. I'll I'm be honest gonna, with you. I'm not going to fall for this Gold Coast hype. I feel like they've got to prove themselves one more week to me before I can start tipping them again. So I'm going to go Cronulla. Look, I think the Sharks... Katala's playing good. Sharks, yeah, he is. But the Sharks, they're on a bit of a run. They beat the Bulldogs. They beat Manly, albeit they had injuries. 
And now they've got a Titans. And I think next week they might have the Warriors. They've got a really good run of games. It's probably the easiest run of games anyone can have. If they're going to be a threat to the eight this year, they've got to win, right? If they're, gonna be, if they're serious about this year, they've got to win this. Yeah. So we'll go Cronulla. You should think they would be. 5.30, another really interesting game. It's on the Central Coast. How are Broncos still favourites? It's the Warriors versus the Broncos. Warriors were really poor last week. Bronco, mate, they they shouldn't even you shouldn't even be to allowed be fair, shouldn't even be allowed Warriors to bet lost or tip this game. Should not be allowed to. Warriors That's how horrible lost to they Melbourne. are. Brisbane lost to Gold Coast. I don't get how they're that much favourites. They're do- over a dollar ten. I, th- I think Roger Roger's name, but I think Roger suspended. So. That's going to be a big out if that's the case. And the Broncos? <laughs> I mean, but if it's... Did they make a change? I don't even, they, they took Corey Oates out, but they well, left Boyd in. Yep. Well, well, look, you were talking about the Warriors coach, you know, putting the responsibility on the players and trying to get them to own up for their yeah. what, what they've been doing. If it's they're going to respond any week, it's going to be this It's a perfect game. It's the perfect game for them to respond to, right? So having said that, I'm going to go with Warriors. So you're going to go the Warriors? I'm going to... I'm gonna, this is going to be my my um, asterisk round where I just pick the, the the one that makes no sense. For me, man, if Roger doesn't play, I don't think they win. So if Roger's out, I'm going to go Broncos. If he's playing, I'm, I'm with you. I'll go Warriors. Saturday, 7.30 at Bankwest. Big game. Tigers on a really good winning run against the Panthers. Another team on a really good winning run. Um, something's got to give here. Oh, we can't really classify the Tigers and the Panthers in the same Category. No, no, but I'm talking about on the run. They're on the same winning. They're yeah, on a really I good winning that. run. Watch Tigers win. Oh, there um, you go. Uh, Tigers unchanged, and Josh Mansell comes in for Brent Naden, who is unlucky to be honest because he's not, he played really well last I week. I don't get why he's out. Fire is a really good player, right? But I feel like Naden offers a bit more than Fire. You know what I mean? I feel like Fire is a really, really good player. If Naden gets injured, slots in perfectly right yeah but i said it at the start don't fix something that's not broken and honestly panthers are playing really really good at the moment you don't think the tigers are playing well i think they're playing really well uh, who have they versed though that's that's, that's, that's i know I, I understand like, they versed bulldogs last week they pumped them fair enough the week before that they versed cowboys who are going through a really really bad patch and the week before that, they versed Canberra, which they lost to, 14-6, and Canberra haven't been playing great. And the week before that, they lost to the Titans. But that was their kind of, that was a turning point for them. That t- I, I, that I, was I, a turning point. They came up against Canberra, who was pretty I, tough, I, who I still rate. I think they're a tough side. And they defensively, they played well. And I think the last two wins have been have been good. Look, all I'm saying we, is we they're, they're confident. We, we all agree Cam- Canberra's a, a good side. They're a tough side. It's just they lack creativity. Yeah. And that's going to be the issue for this season. That's why I don't f- they're going to struggle to make top eight, right? But when we come to Tigers, right, the way that we're looking at how everything's gone, this should be fairly routine for Penrith. It should be. I think it'll be tough. It, it could be tough, I but it be should be fairly routine. Penrith need, to, Penrith need to fix their second half. That's one thing. I feel like they get out on front in the first half and they play really, really good. And then they go through like a 10, 15-minute bad patch in the second half. And credit to them, in the last couple of weeks, they've picked up that you know that bad patch and they've come back with tries, which was something that they struggled to do early on in the season. But they've got to get rid of that bad patch in, in defense in the second half altogether for them to be a real contender. Who do I pick here? I pick Penrith. And solely because they're, if we're going to talk about it, they are a top four team. The way they're playing right now. Bro- Tigers are not. 
Listen, man. There were, lose, listen, man. There were a couple coast. of there were a couple of results last week. I thought wouldn't happen, and they happened. That's true. This That's so true. I'm, I'm going to tip a I'm going to tip an upset. That's I think Tigers can win. Sea Eagles Knights Sunday afternoon four o'clock. This is a big game for both teams coming off really bad losses. Um, Knights, I um, think they're unchanged. Yeah, Bradman best returns because he was in quarantine. Um, Herman SASA comes back. Glasby goes out. They were two big losses for them last week in hindsight. Seagulls obviously got all those injuries. Sully, I think, comes back in, but so that's a big in for them. Garrick's at the back. It's going to be tough for the mainly Seagulls. It's at Brookie. They're back at Brookie, but so that might be a big plus. Tough one to pick. I'm going to go Knights. Manly can win, but I just I think Knights might have the edge over them. I think I think last week's performance by Manly was a um, result of the injuries that happened so quickly. Um, they would have had now two weeks to train with those players, and I'm hoping that they can come back and show us. Maybe they won't win, but it'll be a really close game. But I'll tip Manly for the sake of t- for the sake of tipping. Sunday night Bulldogs Rabbitohs. Bulldogs Will Hop White is out, obviously. Yep. Jake Avril is out. Montoya comes back in. Kerrod Holland is on the bench uh, again. And James Roberts starts for the Rabbitohs. Um, yeah, I think Rabbitohs. Luke Thompson's in reserves. Sorry, Luke Thompson, but I don't think he'll play. I don't know if he'll play, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I don't think he will either. So um, yeah, I think I'll go Rabbitohs here. All right, and match of the round. Take us all the way back to Thursday. Thursday night. That's why we left it to last. It's a big game. You thought we all forgot, huh? You thought we forgot Tia. Storm Roosters, the two best sides I'd say of the last decade. Obviously, Roosters are reeling from the loss of Victor Radley and uh, Sam Verrills, but they covered it pretty well. Nat Butcher goes into lock, and uh, Lindsay Collins comes back into the side. Melbourne Storm, Cameron Munster's out, and Riley Jacks comes into the halves. Mm-hmm. So both key outs. It's really who's going to be more affected. Then I think the storm might be affected a bit more. Yeah, I think so too. I think especially all bar if Tedesco. Uh, Plus, sorry, Tedesco's in. back in. Yeah. Josh Morris is back in. Sorry, I forgot about that. I didn't know that they had a Fafita too. A Daniel Fafita. I'm, I'm not sure. He's on the reserves. For me, I think it'll be an interesting game. Um, but I think you know with Teddy there, I think Roosters will win. Probably be. I say one to twelve. At Sun, it's at Suncorp. So it's if, a bit if, weird. If they win so, thirteen plus, they love playing there. If they win thirteen plus, I'll be really impressed. Roosters, yeah. Uh, I think they should win a bit easy here, just in terms of who they've got. It's never easy. With no, like, it's never easy. E- sometimes it is. It's easy never with easy, them, but you but never expect it to be yeah, easy. Yeah, I think they should win. I mean, just based on that. Yeah. That fact that who's. Yeah, in I, I think they should win one to twelve. But I don't, yeah. I'm only saying one to twelve because I expect Melbourne to put a fight. Well, it's going to be a big game Thursday night. Don't forget. I know we left it to last. That was our match of the week. Other than that, any bold predictions for this weekend? Dylan Brown's play a good game. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Yeah. He's going to lead him to victory, man. Reckon? He's better than Moses. I'm telling you, he's better than Moses. Let's all hope that that's true. Nah, it's all right. Thanks for listening. Again, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify. Uh, SoundCloud. Um, Why did we pick SoundCloud, by the way? Huh? Like, we had the two big ones, Apple and Spotify. Why did we go SoundCloud, too? I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe I thought maybe people go there. They, they don't. But YouTube, we'll be YouTube, on YouTube yeah. as well. Not video, again, but hopefully in the next couple of, week, couple of weeks, we will. Guys, if you like what you've heard, though, don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe. And, just, you know, just, just help us out. Us help some feedback, you help know. Some Let us know who's the most annoying guy on this podcast. Help the lads out, you know. For me, oh it's God. Zach, and he hasn't been on for two weeks. It's probably the most annoying thing I've heard all day. 
Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Abbas. Cheers, Sol. All right. See you next week.